Straight to you from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, welcome to Permit to Think, meaningful stories and conversations from the fringe of societal norms. I am your host, Mike Dawes. As a professional fisherman and host, I've spent the last 25 years traveling the far reaches of the world. In the beginning, the goal was untouched adventures and wild fish, but I've come to realize that the people I've met along the way and their stories have played a pivotal role in seeking what I'm truly after, a quiet mind and time to think. This ride is too short, so I'm gonna start exploring the narratives of the people that have brought me here. I've been told that audio has no rules, so it seems like a good platform for someone who grew up breaking the mall. So let's go. Our guest today is Rob Scott. Rob is originally from Clemens, North Carolina, and graduated from Bucknell University in 2013. Rob spent summers during his time at Bucknell playing baseball for the Southampton Breakers in the Atlantic Collegiate Baseball League. And after graduating, Rob visited the Picos League in New Mexico and went down under to Australia. Visiting leagues with the hope of possibly pursuing his dream of playing professional ball. Rob decided to go in another direction and leave the world of baseball and came out to the Rocky Mountains to attend guide school and learn how to row a drift boat. That is where I first met Rob and we ended up working together for a couple years when Rob was running the outfitting operations before he left Jackson to attend Vanderbilt University's Owen Graduate School of Management, where he graduated with an MBA concentrating on business strategy and marketing. Rob then went on to work for Brown Brothers Harriman, where he remains today, a private bank committed to helping entrepreneurs and businesses achieve success at all stages of growth. Rob and I have traveled to Mexico numerous times, the Northern Territories in Canada, and the Seychelles and have another trip there planned shortly. To meet Rob once is to feel as if you have known him your whole life. He has an endearing sense of curiosity, humor, and empathy, and amazing life experiences at a young age. And it makes you wonder how he has fit it all in, in such short order. Rob currently resides in Boston, Massachusetts with his wonderful fiance, Dylan. Additionally, for the holiday episode here, we are lucky enough to have Matthews back on the show as a co-host today. And for those of you who haven't listened to the first episode ever of Permit to Think, give it a go to learn more about Matthews and his story. So without further ado, please welcome Rob Scott and my co-host Brian Matthews. What's up, boys? What's up, Dyke? Good to be back in the studio. Great to be here. Yeah. Are we going to put in some, uh, be great to have some walkout music, <laughs> intro music. That's what I was thinking of that. We should have that in the background. I mean, I know you've got tunes, but you know, to have every guest to have his own walkout song. Yeah. Or so um, we might need to put, put some of that in. What was, uh, what was your, did you have a tune? Oh yeah. It's, it's literally like the best part of playing <laughs> college baseball is your walkout song. I had so many. Oh, that, I mean, imagine any time you walked into like the fly shop, they just played, you know, whatever <laughs> song you wanted, and everybody just stopped and listened. I mean, it's so I, I, 
I had a bunch. Well, top three maybe. Okay. Yeah. So my I, my most all time used was Money for Nothing, nice. Dire Straight, like the guitar. So that's probably I might just stop there. That would be. And then remember lunch the other day, Matthew. Lunch the other day, uh, Chris, Rob, and I were getting together at the Stagecoach for a little gentleman's Christmas brunch. And Chris and I were there before Rob, and all of a sudden, dirty laundry just comes on. <laughs> and we see Rob walking the door, and Chris and I looked at each other like, this can't be coincidence, because Rob always plays that song. Did he put it on? Yeah, Sorry, he dialed put it, it put on like the, the, parking the lot. touch tunes and like set it all up. It was yeah, perfect. made sure there wasn't a, a cue, otherwise I would have sat in the car and let those songs play, <laughs> and then have mine teed up for the, for the entrance song. It's pretty baller. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, uh, well, Merry Christmas. How, how, how was Christmas? It was great. Mine was great to be here. I mean, my folks have been uh, here now full time since I graduated college. And so um, leaving Jackson to, to go back to, to grad school was tough. But knowing that this is now always home and then you've got folks like you who are out here full time. I mean, it's just it's a very welcomed homecoming. Yeah. Uh, for me and you know obviously i enjoy a lot here in the summer so the winter is a different different scene but so great in its own way we had a good good go had had all the family here nice how about you matthews any uh, any good tucker uh yeah did he get some good loot he got a lot of great loot he's really into mario kart right now which is a huge plus for dad um because that's one of my special talents um, it's a it's a video game. It's a video game. Yeah, um, we were playing a lot before Christmas, but his big present this year was like a real life Mario Kart racetrack. So oh, it was wow. kind of priming him on the video game, and now it, it was it was a home run. What home run. what time did he get up? He got up at like seven, wow. and we said just get in bed and hang out for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it was fun. It was great to be out here. Snow finally came. Got to ski a little bit. Yeah, it's hard to beat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cook, cook got up at three thirty. Oh. <laughs> is Santa even here yet? And uh, was literally pacing the cage, and then um, we finally let them up. But there was a moment um, Christmas morning where Jen and I got into it a little bit because I was like, he really wanted a computer, and I was like, we got to hide the computer. And um, so I hid the computer away from the tree underneath the TV. And they're just ripping through all of their presents. And (laughs) Rumsey's got this hoverboard. She's cruising around (laughs) the couch, just doing laps. (laughs) And Cooks has like a fake, you know, I mean, he has a fake smile. He's like, and I'm like, you're not happy. And he's like, well, I didn't get my virtual reality headset. That was on the list. And I, <laughs> <laughs> that was on the list. And he goes, and the computer. I mean, that was, if I didn't get coal, I thought I was going to get the computer. And Jen, and then Jen's like, you got to stop this. And I was like, just let it play out, you know? <laughs> so, so the tree is like empty. And he's sitting next to me with a total fake smile, just trying to. To be happy on Christmas. Trying to. But he's not. But he's like, he's like. You know, like just, just <laughs> that's awesome. And then all of a sudden, he just he sees it just like for a brief second, and he's like, "What? What? What is that? What?" And he just flies underneath the TV table, pulls it out, and he's like, "It's heavy." <laughs> it's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, when he opened it, I've never seen. I mean, he he opened it. It was like a refurbished MacBook Air. He sees it. He pulls it up. 
puts it down, and he just starts doing hot laps around the room, screaming like, "Computer, computer!" Let's go. I mean, he was on it when I came in tonight. Was he? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And then uh, afterwards, he's like, "Dad, uh, I'm sorry, but I, I did kind of feel like Ralphie from the Christmas Story." Oh. <laughs> A little little post uh, self reflection. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it was cool though. It was uh I'll never forget that. That's awesome. Good for good for you and good for Cook. Having having a little computer time now. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um well, in uh in kind of looking at the show today, I mean, I just <laughs> every time <laughs> I uh and then especially with Matthews here like the I just the bull shark <laughs> oh yeah the the bull shark story just the Zambezi. um you know we have to uh we have to dive into that a little bit i think right off the bat yeah that's i mean uh the, the Zambezi didn't even know that that's what they, they called it necessarily people were talking about it so this to set the stage here we're on the maya's dugong the uh which sounds outrageous but it's the the mothership that we're out in uh, yeah big steel boat yeah yeah um and the weather's been decent this is the day right where we got grounded oh yeah it's pissing pissing yeah we can't we can't get the boats off to you know go fishing but we're still out there oh yeah yeah we yeah. haven't we haven't made oh, the yeah. crossing yet okay yeah. so we're with an amazing group of uh folks you know from from this area world cast but really the the sleeper picks were the other folks who were there so oh, there's yeah. so other like south africans are there andre peter peter, peter how <laughs> Warwick, was it day? Yeah, so these guys are dialed in and they've got all this extra gear you know i thought i was bringing every you know i've got the 12 weights and whatever they brought so much gear to be able to just fish off the boat, you know, at night they're down there smoking cigs, blasting tunes. We're pulling up crazy stuff, uh, you know, fish I've never seen before. And this day now we were like, Hey, it's, it's, it's too rough to put the boats in. We can't fish. You, you can't see anything. It's pouring rain. So what are we going to do? It's like, let's, let's go for the, for the Zambezi. Yeah. <laughs> and so they rig up this, I don't even know what kind of, I mean, it's a serious, yeah, it was, a, it was a big Pan International. And a, yeah, I mean, it's a marlin. marlin. And then we had the, it was a head of something that we had caught th- that morning or the night before just like, off the boat. And they had this whole program dialed in. I had no idea, like, what, you know, okay, yeah, yeah well, we're going to go try to catch a big bull shark. Like, you know, okay, I've never done this before. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, but they definitely commandeered the back of the boat. Yeah, they, so they, they took over the whole back of the boat for this for this mission and pretty confident that, that they were going to get one and sure enough this thing is tight and uh who who handed you the rod? yeah how did you get that? i think it was dre who was well it, it was a big joke before it's like who's gonna reel it in and yeah. nobody really wanted to because no it's, it's that was the last thing yeah I and i was i'm pretty green and it was just like yeah i'll, I'll fucking reel this thing in so then it became this once it was on i was like all right you know they're trying to hand me the rod like you know, Rob, it's it's your your here you your go. Yeah, it's go time. Go. Like this is the the Zambezi. He's Play on. the walk up music. So uh, yeah, put the tunes on. <laughs> so I went tarps off, obviously. So it's pouring rain. Uh, Everybody else is like huddled inside. So I went. I took the took the shirt off, put the buff buff on. Yeah. <laughs> so I was buffed up, shirt off, no idea what I was doing. They strapped me in with the. Yeah, you had the belt, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, 
it was a lot of hooting and hollering and screaming and yelling. And at that point, once I had it and I knew nobody else wanted to bring it in, I, I wasn't going to let anybody else touch the rod. I was and, like, this is my, my, my fish now. And how long do we think the, this whole, I mean, I, I want to say close to two hours, right? Yeah. Maybe even like 2.15. Yeah. It was great for us because we were just drinking beer and occasionally <laughs> stepped outside to check on Rob who's soaking wet. Screaming. Yeah. I, and, you know, then the, the well, and it sharks are like going yeah, yeah. all over. So yeah. you're not just standing on the back fighting the fish. You got to climb up the stairs so there's a ladder to get on the top of the boat so you can't just walk around the boat so if the shark is going way to the left i gotta get some i gotta hand the rod up to somebody on the top deck go up the stairs meanwhile i'm pounding beers and it's pouring rain and i have no idea what i'm doing sliding around. Yeah. and uh so yeah this went on for for a very long time and everybody's you know guys are taking turns shifts to come out pump me up and you know hey you keep going you're doing great whatever you know go back into the boat so then we we finally get close and everybody comes out and i'm i don't i mean i've i've seen bull sharks before sure but i've never seen a bull shark this big i didn't yeah. even know bull shark sharks got this big i mean when his mouth came up to the th- i mean you could have jumped in it i mean I, yeah. it didn't even look like <laughs> And all of a sudden, you know, everybody's laughing or whatever. And I was like, this is, isn't this kind of a big deal? This is a huge fish. I'm every, you know, everyone's sort of like pumped up, but it's kind of like, all right, yeah, we, that's it. Like that was, we just killed two hours waiting to go fish. I, I thought it, it was, was perfect. Pretty, I was pretty fired up once we actually got it to the boat. Yeah. It was, uh, cause it was north of like 700, right? I mean, 800. Oh yeah. It was huge. Seven, yeah, I was just trying to pounds. pull up a picture of it. Um, to, to even describe and Dre it. Dre jumped in the water. Remember that? Or, yeah, so Dre had the camera. On, I mean, these... I, you talk about guys you need to get on this thing. Like, oh, those yeah. guys. So Dre is, side note here, tied a bunch of flies for my dad for our Seychelles trip coming up. Yeah, and the so beast. so he's sending them over yeah. as a sort of late late Christmas present. So he's been sending me pictures every day. I mean, it's such a beauty. But yeah, he got all these underwater pictures of it, and it's... Uh, I mean, to think that that's, it's just such a good example of when you're out there, like what's at, what's actually yeah, a few feet below you <laughs> yeah. of 800 pound bull we, sharks. We, we weren't that deep, you know? No. And that's when you get out there and they start giving you the safety protocol and here's the lit, here's the book of things that can kill you out here. And it's like, why are we? Oh, I had that moment. Yeah. Shark, sharks were like so low on the list. It's like, oh, well, yeah. that's that sounds terrifying. <laughs> it's a lot. Like, of that's only number six. Like scary critters. What are yeah. five through one? The first time I was there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna crack this. Sorry, for, you're, you rack them. No. <laughs> we crack them. The we first shotgun them by the end. The first time I was out there, the guide it, I knew. Uh, I don't. I don't know if he was on our trip, but um, Brandon, and and I had known him from St. Brandon's. Was he, he wasn't on our trip. Brendan was Brendan. on Brendan. Brendan. Brendan, sorry. Yeah, Brendan. Yeah, so that this was a couple of years prior. And I was like, this is your first, you know, day here? And he's like, yeah. And I got, I was with him and Terry. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and um, anyhow, he when he jumped in the water, he was he was terrified. And that was like a very good lesson because he was like, he's like, you guys just keep a look over my back shoulder. And he was kind of doing, you know. Was he walking the boat? Yeah. Uh, it was it a was... little deeper than he thought. And yeah, yeah. So you get real cocky when you're up on the top of the boat, <laughs> your, your feet up on the railing with your shirt off, you know, screaming and yelling. You're not, 
you're far, far from danger there. But once you're in the water. Yeah. Dre got some new artwork, didn't he? Oh, yeah. He's, he's very inked up. I think he's, <laughs> I don't know what, when he's quote unquote done, but every, yeah, it seems like was, every was social a, media post, he's got, you know, some new. Like a full leg or something. Oh, yeah. Right? He's going, he's going, uh, his look is amazing. If, I've never met anybody who, who looks like him. I mean, he's got the, his, <laughs> he's amazing in his skin. He's like very comfortable and he is just such a beauty. He is the man. Yeah. So that was, that was a fun day because it was, you know, we were killing time and we were just being crazy obnoxious. But then we all know that the weather got, <laughs> got worse than that. We thought that was the, all right. Yeah. So this is a, you know, the weather's bad, the boat's rocking, whatever. We just, you know, catch some fish, hang out. Yeah. Then, then, uh, Cyclone Kenny. Cyclone <laughs> Kenny. And that, so at that point, we know you guys have seen Rock Bottom Rob. Brian probably hasn't seen Rock Bottom Rob, but I've heard I have, a lot, heard a lot about him. Yeah. So I've, I've been known to take a nosedive or two in, <laughs> uh, you know, get a little anxiety, a little, you know, so I'm, I've been good. I, I, I thought I was going to be seasick on this trip. And I, so I'm. Because yeah, you had the patch going on. Oh, yeah. I had you the had patch the first going. couple of days. I had. Yeah, I had everything. I had the, so I had I was I was locked and ready, but I hadn't, you know, the, the trip was perfect. So the last night, I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Let's just blow it out. I mean, we're getting off the boat tomorrow. Like I, I already did it. You know, I've, we've had an amazing trip, caught a bunch of jeets, a bunch of, I mean, it was, it was still a great trip, even though the weather wasn't that great. And that night got, I mean, the, the videos that we all have on our phones, I mean, like we had a bird, you had birds flying in, trying to <laughs> land on the, I mean, the, the wind and rain is sideways. People are falling over, trying to bring beers. All the guides are in the, the, uh, Tim Babich had the, <laughs> like the green man suit on It's an amazing party. Yeah. Go to bed, maybe booted that night. I can't remember. But <laughs> then the next morning, you know, the plan is that the boat goes through the night, obviously, and then you get off the boat, you get onto Farquhar, and you fly away. And Yeah, we were supposed to get there, walk off, you know, yeah. get off the boat. So when you wake up in the morning, you're there, and you get off. Yeah. And I wake up, and it's, the boat is very clearly still moving. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? We are supposed to be getting off. <laughs> and there, then Rock Bottom Rob starts kind of, uh-oh, and go out, and it's like, oh, yeah, we can't. We can't anchor the boat. Like yeah, the plane can't get here, and it's too rough to even anchor the boat. So now you're, mad. I mean, the hangover is the the least of your concern. Now it's sort of like, oh my gosh, like how do I even? Was not mentally prepared. <laughs> no, Brian. Brian saw it because you came down to our room when we were we were trying to. Uh, I was trying to get you in to watch a little Vikings. Oh yeah, but you oh, guys yeah. were the the chi in your room was very centered. Me and Frat were up top. That thing was rocking. I mean, it was like a rock polisher up in our room. You have windows. And then we come down. You guys are like, you know, it's it's dark. You, you guys have the candles lit. Yeah, we were just we're watching a show. And I was like, all right, maybe I can try to like chill out in here. And I'm pacing around the room. I'm like, do you know when we're gonna get off? Like, I don't know, man. Let's let's watch a episode seven of Vikings. <laughs> No, nah, no, nah, I need to go upstairs and pace around a little bit. And then uh, then the weather cleared up and it ended up being, uh, you know, just extending the stay a little bit. But, yeah, between the, the bull shark and Cyclone Kenny, we haven't even talked about any of the other, like, cool, good things that happened. Yeah. Like the, you know, catching fish. And Brian and I, this is great that you're, yeah, well, you're we, here. Yeah, we're, no, because we, we touched on it for a little bit in the first episode where we uh, 
we talked about Cyclone Kenny, especially when we got in the taxi, because no one had called it a cyclone at that point. Yeah, we didn't know because we didn't have internet. Or and anything. the driver was like, oh, you guys were in the cyclone? <laughs> <laughs> but what were you going to say? Go well, ahead. yeah, so Brian and I had never even met in person until that trip. And Brian and I fished together every day. Every day. So every day? Every day. So we would, you know, we kind of had our sort of feeling each other out, like getting the boat. Like, right, yeah, I mean, this, this guy seems long. pretty chill. Yeah, it didn't, didn't take long. But then, uh, yeah, it ended up being this, I don't know, not to kiss your ass here, but I mean, it ended up being a really, really, you know, amazing bond of that time where we're both, you know, in, enjoying ourselves immensely, but we're also every day something new or out of our comfort zone. So you're, you're not, you know, you're not just floating the South Fork. You're, you're somewhere else. You're learning things about yourself. You're learning things about the people around you. You're, you're fishing for f- fish you've never even seen before. And uh, it ended up being, you know, now we've, look at us now. No, that's the best part. I mean, you go there, like, you know, you were not why I went there, right? No offense. Um, <laughs> none, none taken. Went there to catch GTs. Dawes is telling me who's on the trip. Got paired with him. But like coming home, it was like the best takeaway. New friend. Great guy. Um, yeah, it was a special group that that trip. Yeah, that, that very made. special. And it's one of you know is definitely one of the most fulfilling things about you know doing those trips is when you uh, and I've seen it happen a lot where, where I know or I think right that two people that don't know each other you know and this is beyond the fucking fish right like like this could potentially be a life lifelong relationship and if it works out that way it's pretty fulfilling and it worked out that way you're good you at that two. you're very good at that well that's why your your host Dawes and that's why you want to go on the Dawes the Dawes hosted trip I mean not to you know compare other sort of models of doing it but the way that you sort of built the the world cast model and, and going forward is that you you know you have somebody that's that's kind of dad on the trip right who's going to be making sure things are coordinated and and you're not just showing up totally blind with a you know nine weight in your hand like what what the hell is going on and (laughs) and that's what's been great i mean that's that's kind of what this i'm assuming this podcast is kind of all about it's these once you get to these places you fish a lot but there's a lot of time where you're just you know with with the people you're with and and oftentimes trips like that take you to a place where you're not just sleeping in your bed. So you've got to be, you know, out with those people. And that's, that's ultimately why you go, right? You don't go on these trips by yourself. You know, you go with other people. Unless yeah. you're my dad, he'll go, he'll go do weird shit by himself. No, I, I have a lot in common with your dad with that. Yeah. But another I, guy about this, this podcast or that, that would be interesting to, to get on here because oh, one yeah. of those, John, oh, John Scott's coming. John Scott's coming. Well, one of those guys that like so much now, sort of to, to go off of the host concept, you know, you're seeing it throughout the you know fishing industry. You know, people want their hand held. They want guides. They want to go take me where the fish are. I'm, I'm willing to pay money to go do this or that. Like he's one of those guys that's, I want to go figure this thing out. I want to go by myself. I want to ad- adventure. I want to learn. I want to fail basically. And then, yeah. you know, come out a different person. I want to go you know, find it and do it myself. Um, and I think that's, there's fewer and fewer people like that fishing. I mean, just in my opinion, you see the people who are coming into the fly shops, you know, they're, they're out here to, to spend their money to get, you know, and that's awesome. And that's good, you know, good for that. Get, you're getting them out and that's in the, in the guide services that, 
you know, taking them out and sharing, you know, the, the, all, what we all love to do, but it's, it's pretty awesome when you meet somebody like that, that's, that's still got that drive. Yeah, to, no. To and your, your dad, your dad sees the, the whole thing on a much deeper level. I mean, I, I can tell that I've never talked to him about that and I look forward to, but he, he sees it on a, on a much broader scale. Right. I mean, any day just being out there is um, is a bonus. You can tell that for sure. Um, well, let's let's transition a little bit because, um, you know, I, I definitely want to hear a little bit more about the baseball years. I yeah. do, too. Yeah, sure. I don't I know mean, this part of your life. Yeah, it's it was uh, it was a huge, huge part of my life for a very, very long time. I think it took sort of until sports were over. I mean, you guys were both, you know, athlete, you know, dedicated sports, uh, dedicated your life to sports for years and years. And it kind of took the end of that for me to actually invest and really like, I I feel like my mind changed about fishing. You know, I never had the attention span maybe to, to really go all in with fishing. I'd come out here you come out west, you go fish for a week before going back to school. And it was really fun. I enjoyed it. But I was like, that wasn't my, I wasn't focused on fishing. And so, yeah, growing up, um, my dad was, uh, you know, coached me in, in baseball, basketball. I played football. Did your dad play? He, he, yeah, he played sort of everything. He was probably, his best sport was probably basketball. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a tennis guy too. He, he wasn't a huge baseball player. He played football, basketball, tennis. Uh, he was a good runner. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of learned the game and was a great coach. So he coached us. Um, we went to the Little League World Series in two, uh, 2002. You did? So, yeah. And Holy my dad shit. was a co- coach's kid. That's why I got to <laughs> That's why I got to hit lead off and play shortstop. So, I mean, baseball was serious at a young age. I mean, we did Little League World Series. It's As I go on, you'll probably so put little, it in your head. But Little League World Series, what, what's the age? So that's like 12. Okay. So I was 11 the start of that summer, but it's um, – you know, you're, you're 11 and 12 year olds. Maybe there's some 13 year olds now. I don't know all the, all the rules, but basically you, you know, you play your district, your state regional tournament, and then you represent your region. There's eight teams from the U S. So we were representing Southeast, um, little town, Clemens, North Carolina. And so that was, that was really fun. You know, we had four games on TV. We went, oh, and three. I mean, we didn't, we didn't win. Who'd you play against? We played against, um, their first game was against a team from Harlem. The second game was a, a team from California, and our third game was Kentucky, who ended up winning the whole thing. We we lost to them four to two. They had a kid named Aaron Alvey, who and, and my year was the year after Aaron or uh, Danny Almonte. You guys remember that guy? Yeah. He was like yeah. he turns out he was sixteen or whatever. Um, anyway, <laughs> the year after that, this guy, this kid Aaron Alvey, uh, who didn't even play high school baseball, I don't think. I mean, the kids that are great at that level are. are uh, you know, early bloomers, but that guy was throwing like, you know, close to 80 miles an hour. I mean, that, that it's equivalent of something ridiculous, you know, like 106 mile an hour fastball or something. So we, we lost to them. They were, they were great. So they won, but you know, it was a big part of my life. At that point, I was pretty sure that baseball was going to be my sport. Um, and you were going to try to make it to the show, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, at that point you're like, yeah, I want to go play shortstop for Cleveland Indians Yeah, you know, at that, you know, you're, you're, that's all you're sort of thinking about. And, and I, I'm a huge, huge believer in, in sort of the multi-sport thing. I mean, I'm, I, I'm interested to hear your guys' takes on your own kids. But, I mean, the specialization you're seeing now, I'm so glad I didn't specialize on baseball from 12 yeah. years old on. Yeah. I was a much better baseball player because I played football 
through high school because I played ba- or basketball through high school because I was on other teams. I was uncomfortable at times. I faced adversity. You're, you're on these different teams. You're learning how to win. You're, you're, I'm a huge believer in that. So anyway, yeah. So I played baseball through, um, through high school. I, I played in the summers in, uh, in Washington, DC. I went to boarding school up in Massachusetts. I played there, committed to Bucknell. Uh, you know, at that point still like, okay, I want to play division one baseball. I'll find the right fit there. Um, Bucknell was a great fit because the kid who was a senior, who was a shortstop was graduating. So I was able to come in and, and start, play. Start right away. Well, I didn't, he was a senior and I was a freshman. Okay. So I played my freshman year. I split time between second base and third base. And then after he graduated, I got to play uh, short. And um, so I never, I never really hit well in college. I mean, it was such a mental game too, that I, I was kind of a, I had case of my sophomore year, I was hitting like 130 or something. And the coach came up to me. He's like, if you keep playing shortstop well, you won't come out. So don't worry about what you hit. But it's all in your head. Baseball, the batting average, and it, it's a game of failure. And uh, so I learned a lot about that. But I never hit well enough to, to ever really think I had a future in baseball. But <laughs> college summer ball. So you'd go sign contracts to go play wood bat, you know, in these, have you guys ever seen the movie Summer Catch? The, the, what's the, I haven't, well, whatever it's, it's, um, what's that actress? She used to be married to Justin Timberlake or maybe she is married to Justin Timberlake. Diaz? No, not your girl. (laughs) Anyway, so you'd go sign these contracts. So I'd go live out in, uh, in Long Island and I played for this guy named Rob Caffiero, amazing seven year Pro ball player, incredible hitting coach. Um, and you have these guys from all over. It'd be like Stanford, UCLA, Bucknell, Southern Miss, you know, Ivy League schools, whatever. Kids would come from all over and you'd play. And, you know, the games, everybody wants to win, but it's it's summer ball. Nobody really cares. Yeah. And so you're playing a much more relaxed style. Oh, dude. So I lived in a condo with, like, my buddies in, in Southampton. And you'd wake up. You'd get breakfast. You'd go to the gym. You you know go to the go to the park. Guys are just hanging out, pack lips, take BP, play a game in front of a couple hundred people, and you know go Rinse home, hang out, and do it again. Yeah, and, it, and that's and that was where I probably played my best um, baseball. So that last summer, I hit really well for yeah, whatever did, reason. I mean, you have some records, right? And that yeah, there I had some records. Some of them were because I played there for three summers, but. Um, <laughs> but my my last summer, so to put it in perspective, at Bucknell I hit two home runs, mm-hmm. and then my last summer, including the playoffs, with a wood bat, I hit twelve. Holy shit! Wow. So I was, I, for, you know, I think a lot of it had to do with my coach. Um, you know, I had great coach at Bucknell, but this guy was was great. I think it was just sort of the style of, you know, you're just m- much more relaxed. So then all of a sudden I got a little attention you know people being like hey maybe this kid so there were a few teams that sent me some stuff um a few teams that came to bucknell in the fall you know you you work out and they but you know a few teams from the show yeah like the like the mets would they gave me some stuff to to fill out i mean they're just this is baseball is the easiest sport to get drafted in there's 40 rounds because then you because they yeah because they have you know you you gotta you got to through all these rounds. You got to draft people. It, it's probably the hardest to make it. Yeah. Um, 
but probably the easiest secure draft. So I'm, I'm just barely getting a little attention here and uh, ended up rolling my ankle at Duke and then fouled a ball off that same foot. Was afraid of missing time, didn't hit well. So my senior year is kind of a bust. So then I'm like, okay, nobody's telling me that I can't play baseball anymore. There's actually people telling me I should go try to keep playing baseball in like a independent league or something, you know, keep playing. When I played my last game in college, I didn't think it was my last game. But uh, so I bounced around a little bit, as Mike said earlier, you know, I was like trying to check out these, these opportunities. There were some people who were helping me out, you know, Hey, maybe you should look to try to go play here or there. And um, I kind of got to the point where I was like, all right, if I was good enough, this would happen. Yeah. You know, if you're a good hitter, you're supposed to hit good. You know why? Yeah. And <laughs> I, I didn't. <laughs> so I was, uh, you know, it was, it, it was a weird transition because you know, sometimes you get an injury and it's like, yeah, I can't play anymore. Yeah, I blew out my knee. So it's over. Yeah. At that point, I'm like, nobody's telling me I can't keep yeah, trying don't to concrete, play. Like, no. But I just wasn't, I don't know. Um, and I came out to Wyoming and that's where I sort of was like, okay, I'm, there's other things I'm really interested in. There's some other things I'm good at. There's some other things I really want to invest my time and energy in now that I'm done playing baseball where you're, you know, you're playing so many games, all those practices, everything else, all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I got a lot of time here. Yeah. And that's but, when my old man was like, you should learn how to row a boat. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a stick and I need a rower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you should start rowing this thing so I can go fish the new fork every day. But was there a, um, I mean, that had to be kind of a tough transition, right? I mean, that's that's a lot of ball. I mean, because yeah. you're, you're, you told me earlier, right? You're playing in between the summers at Deerfield, like there was some, there was some yeah, leagues. So I mean, you're, yeah, you're playing year round basically. I mean, I was playing other sports in high school, but in college, at least in division one, you play and granted Bucknell, it's Patriot league. It's like us, army, Navy, Lehigh, Lafayette. We're not, this isn't, you know, the sec. Yeah. Uh, but there was still some kids going to the show. From, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're playing, you, you play 55 games in the regular season. And then if you make it to the playoffs, you play more and then you go sign, these summer ball contracts and you go play, you know, throughout the summer. Yep. And then from there, is it, you come right back to fall ball and you, you play, you know, a, a, you know, modified sort of fall baseball. So you're playing year round and you play 55 games. And then as soon as you're done, you get in the car and you drive to wherever you go sign a contract and you go play. Summer Those ball. are contracts. So you're, you're getting paid. You're not getting paid. Oh. No, it's still collegiate, which is probably all going to change now, I guess with the, yeah. With, with the... how, um, so I, I mean, I had so much fun playing the game, yeah, and but, that's why it was easy to continue to play. I, it's all I wanted to do. And then when it came time to like, do I want to keep doing it? It was kind of fly fishing and other things. It was like, wait a minute, you know, there's more. Yeah, I don't yeah. have to just you know keep trying to to do this. And I wasn't, you know, it was never a serious career thing like i'm gonna make it to the big leagues i was slow i was a slow shortstop you know <laughs> it's like, yeah that's what i was gonna ask you so you never you never you didn't think you were gonna i mean there's probably moments you did right when i was growing up yeah i think once once i got to high school i realized that i was like okay i'm not i'm not gonna get drafted out of high school my goal is to go play division one baseball like that's all i wanted to do then that happened i was like i'm here i'm gonna enjoy every second of it probably no future and then that last summer was like, oh, maybe I'll keep playing. Maybe, maybe I something. can. And I never forget my head coach Buck. Now I was, I'm, you know, crying after the, you know, the game, you know, not because my 
career was over, but just, you know, it's a team. It's a season. Yeah. Ending or whatever. yeah you were like, the you, captain too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was like, this isn't your last game. You know, you didn't play your last game. Um, I, you know, it turns out I did. Uh, that was my last <laughs> game. Dude, now actually, so this is funny. So talking about baseball, you guys should look this up at some point. So it's M Street, M as in Mary Street, softball. So now what, what my baseball career is ended up in, I play in this hardo fast pitch softball league in Southie, in <laughs> oh, South yes. Boston. And dude, it is beyond entertaining. And these guys will live stream the games to Facebook Live our pitcher will fly up from Florida to play. Really? Like it is super, super competitive, like modified fast pitch softball. And I played great. I played college baseball. We got guys on our team played affiliated pro ball for years. I mean, there's some serious studs in this league. And it's yeah. all, and it's just this shitty field in Southie. That's awesome. Yeah. How many games? Oh, you play throughout the summer. I think it's. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, you play once or twice a week from May oh, wow. through so, that's a lot. August. Yeah, oh, yeah, so it's a commitment. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they keep all the... I could look up every at-bat I've had in the last <laughs> three years. They keep all the stats. There's a guy who will sit on the dugout, chain smoke six, and keep the book every game, and then upload it to the website. It's amazing. There's total hobbyists. Yeah, so, I'm, so baseball is now over, but... No, it's this not. <laughs> Softball is still ripping in Boston. And what's it, what's, what's it called? M Street. M Street. Yeah, look at this website. It hasn't been updated from probably uh, like 1988. We got it. We have to yeah, take there it. Is. How'd, you, softball how'd you guys do this year? Uh, we made the playoffs. We lost in like the semis. Like, look at this. <laughs> so my team's the <laughs> stats sluggers. Go down, to, go down to those guys. Holy shit. You'll like my mug shot too. I got, where, I got the... Uh, where, uh, yeah, right, right, right above you. Or uh, right where you were. So Lee, uh, Lucas division there. That's the A. Go That's down. A division. Go down. Lucas, like second from the bottom. Stats, Stuggers. Um, right here, right? Yep. yep. So these are the boys. So if you click on my name there, you can see every at bat. This is amazing. This is Dude. amazing. Oh, oh look. there it is. <laughs> wow. There was another one, uh, an amazing um, mug shot of you with the Carolina Grace. Oh, yeah, back from back yeah. in the day. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, uh, I took a photo of it. Yeah, I kept the shades on for this one, cheesing. Um, and um, does it say 500? Yeah, but it's softball, dude. It's not all right. Whatever. It's still. And is this um, big number? Is is it all for it pride? Is. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you probably win some money at the end, but no, it's these and these guys are the amount of times cops get called in these games and stuff. I mean, there's what's the average age of the player? It's a good, I mean, every, every, uh, every team's a little different, but I'd say maybe a little older than me. Like, I mean, there's, there's, so there's not, some not, old guys out there. Not too many like the forties handle, but like a lot of, a lot of forties guys. A lot yeah. of forties. Yeah. But there's, you know, guys who are getting after it. <laughs> yeah. Look at this guy. <laughs> what, that's, what that's team cool. was this on? So this was at a, <laughs> is this like La Flama Blanca? No, nah, this period? was a, this was a showcase when I was in high school. I was probably... <laughs> It's probably a freshman in high school there. I mean, that's a good, yeah, it's a good mugshot. I also had some. No wonder uh, I didn't get drafted. Look at that guy. Yeah, I also had some interviews. Um, it's like I'm made out of clay. Listen to a couple, but this is special. I mean, this is uh, that's t-shirt worthy. Um, yeah. So, so it wasn't like when you trans when you transitioned out of baseball that it was you know this heart. I mean, you. you I never knew that about you. I thought at one point it was like, wow, it's it's done. Yeah, I mean, it, it, 
it became that when I moved here. Like yeah. once I was living in Wyoming, it was over. Um, I ended up playing softball here for the Jackson Hole Wiener Stand, and that was a pretty great. Uh, that was a pretty great few summers there as well. Just trying to launch balls over the Roadhouse Brewery, but um, yeah. So it, it was um, it, it was odd because that time of my life, if you think about how you view every year when you're younger and going through school. Everything's split up by semesters and sports seasons and summers, maybe. And so all the way, you know, through college, everything is planned out perfectly. Like this is when practices start. This is when school starts. This is when the season starts. And then all of a sudden there's this indefinite, like, wait a minute. I'm not going back to school yet. I'm not playing baseball anymore. You know, I spent these summers playing ball. It's not like I had internships my resume said you know i played baseball which is great i mean you can tell a great story with that but i was not lost but it was like man this is uh this is a very very different summer yeah i i I remember specifically being lost like when i had that you know that transition was kind of forced on me because i got hurt um and then you know some other some other things were not going well with the family and I was I was beginning to dabble in the in the dark side, and but I do I do specifically remember that moment where it was like, you're you know the doctor's like you will not play, for six months. And that doesn't matter if you're a a twenty year professional player or you're a, a freshman in high school. Like when somebody when it's when your time's done, like that you're you're in the same headspace, the same moment. I mean that's your. Wait a minute! I love doing this, and I can't, and I'm not going to do it anymore. So it didn't matter whether I played another year or two. Yeah. That same day where I'm like, oh shit, like baseball's over. It's going to happen. I could have delayed it maybe, but that was, that was it. Yeah. Same for you guys. But it's amazing that you, you kept dabbling in it because it's, uh, I was pissed. So I, I, I just stopped altogether, but I just miss the teams. I mean, that's like the, the being a part of the team, being in the locker room and baseball, I think prepared me a lot to eventually get really into fly fishing because one, it's a game of a failure, you know, you, especially something with like permit fishing, you know, you gotta be able to, to, to have a little adversity, a lot of things out of your control, you know, you, you fail a lot. And then you really, especially guiding, you really, really have to be able to enjoy other people's success. And in baseball, the ball's not hit to you most of the time. You're not batting most of the time. Mm-hmm. So if you get too focused on yourself, man, I'm over two, and the only thing that matters is me. Yeah. And you're not watching the guy hit a two two run home run on your team. I mean, you have to be able to enjoy team and other people's successes. You have to be able to deal with failures. I never really compared baseball to fly fishing much, but once I got more into it, I was like, man, this is. I'm I'm geared for this. Yeah, and you you have an innately like positive outlook that way, and and I don't know if that is derived from baseball, but like I'm not gonna lie, right? Like there's there's times when early on permit fishing when I was I would be like you you know you got four that's amazing, and then I'd be like are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I mean kind of hard to stomach, um, and then eventually grew out of that, right? Where it is now truly like. Awesome. Yeah. You know, um, but you, you seem to, ha- you seem to hold that, um, 
you know, probably a testament to your parents as well. And some of it's learned. I, I mean, I appreciate you saying that, but um, some of it's learned too. I mean, there's guys that you fish with. I mean, what, circling all the way back, to like when you fish with somebody like Brian Matthews or or Chris Litauer, or you. I mean, people who really get it and are appreciating the time. You know, oh man, it's it's raining today. It's like yeah, man, it's, it's raining. It's <laughs> like man, I, I I miss that fish. Like yeah, dude, that's permit fishing. Yeah, and if, still you, here. if you're around people with that attitude, it's 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 really easy to enjoy fishing and uh and and accepting failures i mean the first time the first day <laughs> that i really went permit fishing was with you dawes and the biggest meltdown <laughs> of my life in any sports anything i mean i was the most helpless standing in the front of the boat there's a li- literally a sea <laughs> where were you we're in mexico so we, we, were, were, we were in punta allen yeah and we were actually like right behind punta allen so i mean not far from like where they have to not far from the town at all and he's not joking there was a there was a lot of <laughs> and dawes is being host dawes right like i it was the last day of the trip it was my first trip down there maybe yeah for and, sure and so i was kind of doing the deal like we were going to go catch some tarpon we were going to you know permit fish some but i wasn't my goal wasn't just to get down there and catch a permit i was just going to enjoy everything it's an amazing fishery ascension bay my first time down there but i'm i'm feeling pretty dialed in like that day dawes was kind of like hey you know we're going we had jose you know he was it was like this is my guy and you're going with me, and we're going permit fishing. And it's like, right, dude, I'm in. I'm, I'm feeling good. Cass is feeling good. We're sta- I'm standing up on the front early in the morning. We see this like pretty decent sized bonefish. It's like, I'm gonna make cast that. <laughs> and it's like a good cast. Dawes like nice, dude. I mean, you, yeah, you are dialed in. I'm like, right, Dawes. <laughs> I'm out here permit fishing with Mike Dawes. I'm like feeling good. And then we get to this huge school of fish. And I'm like, when I say I'm seeing red, like I, I'm not even thought I was like, you see the fish? I'm like, no, you see the fish, you see the fish, you see the fish. I'm like, no, no. He's like, why are you casting? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I thought it was, like, I thought it was this is my shot. You know? So I, I saved the fly long story long here. I, I hit, I wrapped around the pulling platform two or three times. I bang on the side of the boat. I can't, I'm just the 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 biggest meltdown and Dawes I can feel him right behind me like he's almost like should I grab the rod should I take the shot Jose is pulling his ass off screaming yelling you know two o'clock draw Robbie I said two o'clock you guys three o'clock Robbie did you ever, did you ever see him or you still oh yeah like, I mean okay. then I you know started seeing him but like I didn't even know permit were in schools like I, I'm just out there like you know thinking I'm the man I'm out in the front permit fishing in Mexico and then <laughs> next thing you know it's like it's a fucking layup line and I like my shoes are tied together and like everybody's been there. Like, oh, I, I'm yeah. like oh, this yeah. isn't a, this isn't a, you know, and I kind of love, to me, I love it those was, moments. And it, what I didn't appreciate. So my favorite moment of permit fishing was the 30 seconds. Like the school finally spooks and it's gone, disappears. Jose is sitting on the pulling platform, exhausted. Dawes is like, <laughs> you know, like I don't, yeah. And I'm standing in the front, like finally realizing what just happened and that it's over. And there was probably about, I mean, it felt like minutes. I mean, it was, maybe it was 10 seconds, but maybe 30 seconds of just silence on the boat. Yeah. 
it eventually turned into laughing and whatever. But that moment is what is like ends up being later why I love permit fishing so much. Just that helpless. I can't believe that just happened. I can't believe what I just saw. I can't believe how much I fucking suck. You know? like, <laughs> it's so then, humbling. Yeah. And then now it's like that's and I saved the fly. I've got it. There's no you can't even see the paint on the eyes. It was a it was a yellow eye. You know, it was a pato crab, and I dinged all the paint <laughs> off it, just flailing around like an asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but it's you know what's funny is is um, I mean both you guys are excellent anglers in the. Uh, you know, you 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 hear more "I suck" or "I suck" moments from really good anglers than you do from those that actually suck. That's interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you hear it often. Like uh, it's it's very interesting because what it is, it's someone who gets the fact that right. The more you know, you realize that you really don't know. Um, it's just so much out of your control too. Obviously you're a different level. Um, but our most recent trip in Mexico, like Brian, what's your, like, I have an idea for you Dawes, just because you're so obsessed with this fish. But like when we would wake up in Mexico and you get on the boat, like what are you thinking about feeling? Like what are your goals for that day? You're, you got a solo boat. Like, solo boat that that trip which was recent right well like yeah we were just ago? uh yeah so for the listeners we were just down in a little farther south mexico the three of us right yep. uh october october and i went into this trip most laid back i tried to do like reverse psychology because yeah. usually i'm like a little too obsessed and, and that's kind of why i asked you and so. i had two days of solo fishing by myself and got one permit but it was pretty brutal. You don't have anyone to talk to. You don't have that positive energy. But I was really, really trying hard to just don't beat yourself up. Let it come to you. You know, it's permit fishing. And then the third day. Don't be afraid to hit with two strikes. You yeah. Know? <laughs> third day, paired up with Chris, which was awesome. Um, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get less shots. But this is, and it, it just totally happened. That There's something to that. You can't, it's like pushing on a string. You just cannot force it. You have to let it come. But I was really doubting the strategy before the third day. I was like, this is dumb. I need to go back to turbo, Matthews mode, psycho, yeah. OCD. Do you, do you think, though, that because if you, if you were to keep doing it a bunch, that, that the thing you just said about fishing solo would flip? Because, you know, like, I don't, I'm, I'm by myself. I'm going to get more shots. I don't even want to talk to, though. And, or, do you, or do you think that... It's cool if you get like a day or two, but you're probably not going to go down that road of, of fishing solo. I just want to get this on. I don't. That's a good question. I would probably still do it because it, it's really challenging. It's really challenging when you're eight hours trying to stand, like you're not really talking to anybody yeah. and it's not happening. That's that's a mental challenge that it's hard to beat. Yeah, it's definitely weird. It's I I I, I kind of enjoy that part of it. Yeah, Farmy likes the punishment. It's a challenge. I mean, you and I had years for your March Merkin practice fishing. Yeah, where it was like five years in a row. We just got I got hammered. Yeah, <laughs> not not in a good way. Yeah, and then that one that you finally caught. Finally, but those are beatdowns. Yeah, and those are like my like two saltwater trips a year at that point. Yeah, yeah, I'll be. Two it'll days. be interesting because I, I do think though that there is a flip that switches, where it's like. Then you realize that 
all it takes is one second. That's right. One cast, and then you're like, well, I can't let anything down. So it gets even harder, but you're so used to it that it's just like a window of time where you're like, I need to focus. And then you, you feel like Frank the Tank getting the dart pulled out oh, at yeah. the end of the day. But I mean, it's... But it's amazing. But the ability too. to have that focus for that long is something you have to like experience to like build up. Yeah, and I also think that there's, I, I think that there are mind benefits to that that I can't explain yet. Probably would need to like think about it. But it, you know, I mean, to, any type of forced meditation for that long. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. It's got to be good for you because there's, you know, other things are happening, and you're not. You know, you're, you're sticking, it's, I, I can imagine it's like a free diver, right? Like focusing on the breath, you know what I mean? To some extent. Um, and then there's a zone out too. Like it's kind of, think about your successes of like, man, I'm, I'm scoring all these goals on the cross. Like I'm, I'm, I just, the puck keeps finding me on the ice. I, I just keep getting hits. I don't even know what pitches are. There's a little of that too, where you, you've had two good days in a row and you're having a, having a beer at the end of the, your second day and you're like, Man, I don't even know what I was doing out there. Like, I don't. I don't even know what I was seeing. I don't. I can't even tell you what, like, how many casts I threw. I mean, you're just in the in the zone, in the pocket. Everything keeps working. It's where where you really learn is when you're in those down dips where you're getting beat up. You haven't seen anything in a while. Then you start, you know, the wheels in your head start spinning, and you're like, man, I should do this. I should do that. Like, I, I I've learned to appreciate that zoned out success where you're just like man whatever mm-hmm. i was thinking about there like how do i live there yeah yeah that's um and it's not easy to do so no no and then you it's all it's all hindsight's 2022 20, you're like man what, what was i how was i doing everything so right there and then at the end of that trip you know jake fishnick who's at hardy now awesome dude he's had a you know couple Oh, this days. is amazing too. Yeah, Matthews, I don't think you Oh yeah, you weren't oh, even gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is awesome. So Jake is a is a dear, dear friend of mine from from Vanderbilt Business School. And um great guy. Great, great guy. Amazing, brilliant kid. Went to went to Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, incredibly You guys smart. met at Vanderbilt, right? Yeah. 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 So we um we lived together briefly, had a two pretty pretty special years in Nashville. Um, and now he's, he's worked in the industry. He worked for Coaster for a while. Now he's at Hardy and we're, we're spending the last day together. So we, we could each have had a solo vote, but we were like, no, let's, you know, we came down here. We haven't seen each other in a while. Let's, let's give, let's tip this guide out and let's just take a boat together and mm-hmm. just enjoy the day together. It's our last day. Everybody's caught fish, whatever. But then the day is kind of slow and, uh, he's had a couple slow days in a row and we're, I mean, this is the, what every person on one of these trips dreams about. It's the last 30 minutes. And you're like, man, wouldn't it be great to just have one more shot? Like if I could just see one more fish, get one more cast. And so we're like, how do we do it? So we coronitas, we're like, let's, let's chug a beer. Let's wake up the flats. <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, yeah, get them out, get them out. Let's, let's, let's go here. Let's shake it up. 30 minutes left. Boats are already like buzzing to go back and uh then we're like what else let's go tarps off so we give shirts off we're sure we're, this is exactly like the shark uh scenario we're we're shirts off buffed up standing there like m- minutes left and then out of nowhere like two fish and it's 
one of those flip over the shoulders. Jake's like, you know, drops it in one strip. And the, this screaming celebration on the boat guide me and Jake in the front was, I mean, beyond anything I've ever experienced on a flats boat. I mean, it just went from like a one to a two out of 10 to like a 15, just (laughs) screaming and things like peel in line. Just, and, uh, and of course we didn't even land the fish. Like we're, he, we're, I forget what happened. I think it was, he was tightening the drag and popped or whatever. But at that point, like the fish didn't even matter. It was yeah. that, it was the, he, he everything happen. coming together. Happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it would have been awesome to, you know, to have got, got a picture of that fish with our shirts off and everything. But like <laughs> it was, um, shirt buffs on though. Buffs right? on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Buffed up. But like, those are the, how do you change the mojo? How do you change the headspace? And it just, you know, that's why Rob's worked. so great to fish with. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Yeah, I think I think you and I talked about um, we did. Yeah, um, on the first episode, we we were talking about when I was there was three of us fished one day. Oh yeah, me and well, Rob and I fished. Yeah, yeah, you hung out. Yeah, with your, <laughs> your shades on. You guys take this. One. <laughs> um, but I was like within earshot of you guys when you were playing whack a mole. Oh, that was so fun. That was so fun. Oh my gosh. And some of the commentaries like, what's that? I don't know. Where? What get cash? Get <laughs> so yeah, my thing there was just screaming set. Yeah. And set it. So it would be like, you know, if it was a fish, I could see her Matthews like cast in and I'm just set it. <laughs> set. And then you then you see him come tight. <laughs> And then you got to go have a biology lesson. What's this? What the fish? hell is this? Thing? Yeah, there was a couple of those. Like, what the fuck is this? Fish? I have no idea. So, do you want a picture of that? Like, yeah, sure. Like, let's get one. Just, just give it a good set. Just throw it in. You come tight and hammer that thing. And All if it breaks, then it's like, yeah, you don't. I didn't want that fish. Can't handle that set. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a great great day. And another example of like just having good attitudes and being little selfless like you didn't you barely even fish that day you're like hey you got you know let's let's get out there and we'll do it no i had a moment that day we had a shot at probably the i think you guys had walked far enough and then i after when you guys just kept going um playing whack-a-mole yeah you guys were just playing (laughs) whack-a-mole every fish within 100 feet that honestly i think was one of definitely one of my Besides the bull shark, one of my favorite because your commentary, your commentary was just—we had no idea what we were doing. And no. you guys were also um, like shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, we oh, could have totally, totally, spread out totally. across the entire flat. And instead, it's like, dude, let's link up, let's cover this baby. <laughs> we'll go shot for shot. Well, we had no idea what we were doing. We're just out there in the middle of nowhere, like throwing random coral heads. Dude, let's let's hold hands and go bomby bashing. <laughs> Yeah, no, because I mean, you've seen it. I've seen it go the other way, right? Where it's like, well, I, I need to catch a, a meter long GT, and then like, well, there's some you know bohar snapper over on this coral head. No, no, I, I came all this way, and then and then they don't see that fish, and they have a terrible day. And like, you guys actually got there where you were catching big GTs, but you got there because you were like having fun doing it all and like trying to figure out <laughs> and yeah that, that commentary i'll never forget we're getting I mean, after it i think that i was doing accents too I think oh we you're at the crushing accents yeah what <laughs> i went full aussie for a little while i was uh, not that I even do a good aussie accent but i was like 
Come on, dude. Come great. on, Matthews. We fucking need one here, mate. Give it a sit. Give it a fucking strip sit, mate. <laughs> and I meant to ask you that earlier. Is that... Did you... I mean... Because, I mean, our Saskatoon... Awesome. Oh, that was a... Wow. With the uh, insane clown posse uh, road crew, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that was, I think that was late night, but you yeah, started, you started early oh, yeah. in the, in the Aussie and, and you didn't let go and people you had, um, granted we were in Saskatoon, but you had a lot of people, um, convinced pretty easy. Was that from when you went down to visit the Australian yeah, league bit. baseball? A I mean, little bit. Yeah. We went on a, a, a trip with some buddies from, uh, from college and I don't know, I've got, it's, it's such a waste. Like Matthews, you're a great musician like i i have a good ear but instead of using it to like play music it's just like do accents and you know chirp people it's not like i wish i'd actually learned how to you know play an instrument and and use the ear but yeah for whatever reason the accents are um you know not not that hard so yeah and it's probably not that hard at midnight in Saskatoon to, to convince people that you're from Australia. But that, that was the, what was so funny about that Pike trip is you, to get all the way up to close to the Arctic circle, like that's a commute. And then you got to stop in Saskatoon you got to get on this plane, you got to do that. So we were just a night in, in Saskatoon and it was a great crew of people. But at the end of the night, it was just, like a layover night? Dawes. Yeah, it was... It well, was yeah, the the, there's, the there's two flights, two float plane flights from there. But you get there, so you overnight, and then you're a float plane, float plane, or maybe a fixed-wheeled float plane. I'm not sure. And then... Um, but you're fishing that day, so it's not like you're losing that day. But that was a rock-bottom rob. And there was an empty bar sort of in the back. And I just went back there and plugged in my phone, started cranking <laughs> tunes. And then Dawes like wanders back there like, what's going on in here? It's like, nothing, man. Just me and Jerry <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> and we've been playing beer pong in the in the bar. Like, no, but it then just... it got going. Yeah, we got we got into uh, pretty serious matches, right? There were some there were some regulars. They didn't like Yeah, uh... there were some locals that were like, who are these guys? And so everyone members. came back there. It was like Yeah, eventually everybody ended up sort of sort of back there and um, then people sort of slowly trickled away to, to you know be responsible adults and and uh, Dawes and I just kept getting in one. <laughs> Well, we're going to get back to the uh, the accents, too, because I, I just I would like to see. Uh, I mean, we know there's Aussie, right? But we've got some there's got to be some Southern stuff. But um, let, me, let me get through this real quick. Permit to Think is brought to you by Off the Grid Studios. Everyone has a story to tell. Let these guys and gals tell yours, especially if the unconventional doesn't scare you. Visit OffTheGridStudios.com for more information. Also brought to you by Ironbound Media, a veteran-owned media company that creates, distributes, and grows podcast series for brands and organizations. Ironboundmedia.com. This episode is also brought to you by GuidePointer. GuidePointer is a web-based software that gives your guiding service all the tools you need to manage business. I personally helped develop this software for 20 years and would never been able to do my job without it, period. GuidePointer is a part of the Romeo Bravo software company. For more info, head on over to guidepointer.com. All right, so um, 
How, how many accents do you think you can uh, you you could lay out? Oh, I, I don't know. Let's let's but the the ones that come out the most are probably the a combination of the New Zealand Aussie. I do. I mean, I'm from the South, man. I mean, I, I grew up, you know, before I got to Tally Ho New England boarding school to get a little New England polish on me. I mean, I still had the <laughs> the accent there, and then I sort of lost it living with a bunch of kids from New Jersey and Massachusetts and wherever. Um, and then when we were in Canada, like that was, I'd be the you know get her fucking going here, but like let's. <laughs> Fucking get out there and get some pikes going here, boys. But what the one that I wish I really had, and it just I need to spend way more time with, you know, Dre and Warwick and those guys is the South African. How is it, mate? I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. How's it? How's it? Something up, bro. It's good. Uh, yeah, they those guys like when you're, you know, there's certain accents like like that one. Where yeah. You just get like, you're just like, oh, these guys are cool. Like you hear that, and you're like, "Oh, these guys are cool. That's a cool. Like these guys sound cool." <laughs> well, I've always thought about that too. Do you do you think that that they anyone ever says that about American? No, zero. <laughs> well, and especially like now that you know, with my work, you know, in pri- you know, private wealth management is a is a piece of what we do. Like, imagine if I was like, "Hey, Mike, <laughs> I'm gonna take a whole mess of your money." <laughs> and we are going to invest it in 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 at least few. This thing's called an ETF. All right, <laughs> we're going to put it in there, and we're going. This is like the fly that you're going to put on till lunch. All right, we ain't going to change it. We're just going to get it in there. We're going to fish this hard, and we're just not even going to think about changing it up. And we're going and that and that's how we're going to invest this whole mess of your money. <laughs> like, would you give me twenty five fucking million dollars? Like, no. So there's part of it too, where it's like, you know, I, I feel like most. American accents are looked down upon. Yeah, maybe we have to find out because there has to be. I mean, because it's it it's hard not to run into an accent that is spoken in English, you know, and be like, wow, like even you know some of the stuff they say in Canada, some of the stuff they say in South Africa. Obviously, I mean, Australia is just, um, but. Maybe not. Maybe maybe they just look at us and like. But have you ever heard anyone emulate an American accent or like try and do it? Besides, like an actor or something, probably not. Just make fun of it. Like I've never heard yeah, anyone chirpus. talk in like our tongue. Like yeah. try and do what Rob's doing. Yeah. <laughs> ever. <laughs> but it's funny the guides. Like when you get when you go to these other places and you're you know, like the guides are still kind of the same. Like they have different terms. For like a shitty cast, different whatever, but like there's still the sort of universal language of of fishing. You know, you, you're it's easy to connect even if there's a big language barrier in Mexico or something. It's that you can still connect about the fishing, but then it's picking up the subtle like with like in Mexico when I when I first guys would say like it's okay. Yeah, that means it sucks. Yeah, it's like, was that yeah. like, you know, did that was that cash really bad? Like, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's like, no, that it took me a while. Like, yeah, you're that cash sucked. Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, well, let's transition a little quick, a uh, little bit quickly here because um, I want to talk about you and your dad for a little bit here. You guys have a. Uh, so John Scott, Rob's dad, is just an extraordinary human being. And, um, you know, you're, when you were explaining, Rob's getting married in May. And I think, I think in the intro, 
you know, I mean, you, you are you are an old soul, right? I mean, you're you see a lot of people that stick with people either their age or um, punch above their weight. Yeah, um, but you seem to have, you know, friends, you know, older, younger, different countries, and 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 you and you do it in short order. But your relationship with your dad is is extremely cool, and. Um, why don't you explain the the best man? Um, how you came to that is is very interesting. Yeah. Um, no, I mean we we should talk about it. I mean he's a he's a huge part of uh, you know he's a he's a friend of all of ours. Um, you know without getting emotional, Rob here, which has been known to happen. But yeah, so he's he's my best man, and there's not really um, wasn't really a debate about it. I kind of. So I was struggling with putting together a wedding party of like mm-hmm. what, you know, like you've got to line up 20 of your buddies and shoot half of them. And those are the guys who get to stand. I, I just didn't. So I decided not to do a wedding party at all. Um, I've lived a lot of places. I've surprised. I just, I wanted, you know, come to the wedding. I want you, I want you to be there, but there was no real. You know, well, my like, dad was going to be like the best more man. inclusive in a way because you're saying like you don't want anyone to feel like they weren't standing. So like yeah, and it's a, it, so it helps because you don't have to you know cut people out. But yeah. it, it it hurts a little bit when you want to make you'd want to make some people feel more special. You know, like you got to close you know, like or, you know Mikey Hempkins. You know, like that guy would be in my wedding by not having a wedding party. It's like well, I wish I could make Mikey feel um, you know a little more special, something like that. But it's but my dad was always going to be the best man. Um, and our relationship is has evolved over time in a lot of different different ways. So before I was around, my dad, I mean, they graduated high school, like grabbed the diploma, got in his car, drove to Montana, lived in the back of a tackle shop. You know, he, this guy was driven. He was an outdoor, total independent. Like we're very different in some ways. Um you know, was a fishing guide, worked for Bob Jacklin in West Yellowstone for years. My mom was like, hey, I'm not marrying a fucking fishing guide, you know, like, <laughs> figure it out. So they're living in uh, Missoula at the time. My mom's doing laundry at the laundromat there. And there's a sign, I'm like, sign up for the GMAT. And so she goes home, says, hey, John, I signed you up for the GMAT. I studied for the GMAT for, you know, how many months when I was working for you, Dawes. My dad walked in and got like a... 98th percentile or something and wow. he was like where do you want to go to school he's like well i, I have a drip boat and a dog here like I don't, <laughs> i'm just gonna go here so he went to university of montana um which uh which a total just like break for a second to tell you this side story this happened today at lunch people were talking about uh me going to business school or whatever, my mom was like, I can't believe anybody would let him in. His resume just said baseball and fly fishing. I, I told him that he'd never get into business school. I'm, at, I'm in the kitchen. I went, I went in. I'm living out here. My mom was like, for sure, like we've lost him. Like he's going to stay out here and just, you know, do this. This is his life. And I came in and I was like, hey, to my parents, I was like, you know, I think I'm ready to go back to school, I'm going to start studying for the GMAT. So my mom's reaction was, you're not going to get in anywhere because your resume says baseball and fly fishing. Yeah. And then my dad tears a napkin off of a, you know, like a paper towel and a permanent marker. And he's like, so. When, when was this though? This was 20. Okay. When I was working at WorldCast, so this was probably 20, 
15. Okay. I thought earlier. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so I'm in the kitchen, do that. He tears this napkin off. He's got this permanent marker and he's like, okay. So if you end up going to the University of Montana business school like I did, here's the river. And starts on the map of downtown Missoula. He's like, you don't want to live. See, if you live on this side, you don't have act. You need to be over here. So my mom says, you're not going to get in. My dad's like, well, if you end up going to, to the University of Montana, th- here's the map of where you'd want to live. And I just told him that I was going to start studying. So anyway, side, side story there. So anyway, my dad, that my parents get married and he's going on these tr- like trips like we're going on. I mean, he would go to you know, Florida every year, go big tarpon fishing. I mean, he was obsessed with, with fishing and, and bird hunting. He's always at bird dogs, got married, had kids. That's, that's gone now. Now he's dedicated to his kids. So he coached me and my sister and sort of everything. He was, um, a CPA. He was, you know, he's a, basically a private investment manager. He's, he had an office above the garage. So he was around. I mean, I, I saw him, he'd coach everything and, uh, ended up coaching a year of high school ball after I went to, boarding school and then was like, Hey, I'm going to go watch my kid play. I'm not going to coach anymore. My parents didn't miss many games of boarding school, college. We'd be playing Penn state Wednesday night at Penn state. And I, my dad would be in the stands. And so we had this like coach player relationship for, for a very long time. And obviously like, you know, dad, son. And then, um, as I got older, I kept appreciating more and more the sacrifices that he made for the, what made my life. Um, and we shared a lot together. So fishing was obviously something we did. I started working for WorldCast and all of a sudden these worlds started colliding a little bit more where we were talking about the same things. We each had a drift boat. We were you know, doing a lot of different things together. He liked all you know, my friends. Now my friends are his friends. We're going on these trips together and... Um, I don't know. It's this amazing transition of sort of like father, son, coach, player to, you know, not, not peers, but like a guy that is my best man. Like when I get married, I want him to stand next to me. When I go on a fishing trip, I don't care who I'm going with. I want to go with him. Yeah. And, and, and it's, um, you know, both my parents, I'm so close with both my parents, but my dad and I now have this thing and he goes on trips with you guys. Like, yeah, no, I mean, I have a, I have a very, I mean, a lot of fond memories of your dad, and I'm glad that I got to see him the other day, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, you know, commitment to do more of it. But I have a memory of him because when we were on the Babine together, and ninety-seven percent of the world would have been complaining. Uh, it, you know, it was puking snow. And it was cold. I mean, cold enough where every single cast you're you're breaking ice. And I uh, I just remember, you know, because it's like a it's like a taxi. You know, you, you're only getting to hang out with people during the taxi rides. And and I was with your dad that day, and we were just getting shuttled up or down. And and then we we picked up a a 22 in the boat, and we're shooting shit on the on the way up and down the river and drinking fireball i mean it was um it actually wasn't fireball it was like uh something else weird yeah some other uh canadian i'll have to figure out what that was it was some other canadian uh mixture it's like scotch and it ends up tasting like that some schnapps um but yeah no he he uh 
yeah, I mean, I think I think you're lucky. Yeah, that way. I mean, yeah. and and the the examples of of countless things in life, but the fishing is is so cool because I've seen him do it himself. Like I've seen him go on a steelhead trip by himself, where it's just him and a guide, and he's got an XM radio that he's somehow hooked up to the battery in the boat, listening to the Indians World Series game by himself. And then I've seen him like, you know, at these trips where it's it's all my my best buddies on you know in Mexico and he's there mixing it up and like to think of you know that there's nothing the guy can't do you know he can't he can be by himself he can be with your friends he can be with me he's um I don't know it's it's a it's a really really I, I really really cherish these trips you know I used to be like man I can't wait to catch a permit and now every time I go somewhere like when we went to the Seychelles. The whole time I was like, my dad would fucking love this. Yeah. And that's why we're going back. Yeah. Is to bring him there to see this this fishery and to and to share that with him. Um the the only thing that's sort of like I don't know, I guess I need a break or edit. What do I say when I edit. Yeah, edit. So I need to start that one over again. But I was just about to say something about uh a story about him and you, and then I now I forget it, or what what I was gonna say. Matthews, how are you doing on time? Uh, I probably got like ten minutes. Okay. What should I, should I what should I do? Um, just put the headphones down and sneak out. Sure. Yeah. I hate I mean, to leave. This is like so fun. It's great. Um, do you, you want to start again, or should I just transition? Um. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a lot there, but if, I mean, if you're going to have him back, it's like, I feel like I had one other, like very relevant story to what we were talking about, but yeah, I guess I'll start again. Okay. Yeah. So the one thing. Stop at it. Stop at it. The one thing that I feel like I didn't know your dad, Mike. Yeah. When we started to really get to know each other and we're in the fly shop together, we're going fishing together so many stories about your dad would come out and so many things about your time um, with your dad, the ups and the downs, what you learned, who he was, how he affected your life, how you affected his life. There kind of became this thing where I, I, knew, I didn't know your dad, but I knew the kind of relationship or, or how much he meant to you, I guess. Yeah. And um, so you were actually one of the first people I called when I told my, when I asked my dad to be my best man. So my dad has cried. And since my mom has known my dad, he's, he's cried twice. One was his wedding day, not about get, getting married, but <laughs> the dog, he had a black lab uh, named Luke who was like put up for the day, came back, the dog had got out. So when they found the dog at the end of the night, he cried. And then when my sister was born he cried and that's that's been it yeah and so when i told him not not when you were not born. When you were no born. no when i was born, <laughs> not they, you know and you guys know me i'm a crier it's like so my mom's like, like two times basically my dad's cried and uh we're driving back from a, a softball game actually in jackson my buddies my dad came out to like you know have a beer and, and say hey to people and we're driving back we're in this van that we had, you know, taken on all these hunting trips together and things just seemed like appropriate. You know, we're in this van together 
And, uh, you know, I, I asked him or whatever, like I got out and like, I gave him a big hug and I could, like, I was going, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like crying now. It's like, I, so I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm ugly crying and I can hear him kind of going. Yeah. And so I, I turned around and like walked into the house before him. So I still have never seen him cry. But I think I got him. Yeah, <laughs> on on that one. Um, that's uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So I think with with you too, and another funny thing about sort of like big moments like that. So I called you at some point after that, and was like, yeah, and I just and I left you a voicemail. I was like, yeah, I just you know I want to let you know, like I thought you'd appreciate this, just you know, given the relationship that you had with your dad. But I'm walking up. I took a screenshot of this when I before I came uh, came over. So you had called me like th- around Thanksgiving, just after Thanksgiving, it was like, Hey, you know, happy Thanksgiving guy or whatever. <laughs> and I just, I just sent you a picture of me and Dylan when we got engaged. And I was like, yo, you called me when I was walking up to do this meant yeah. to be. So it was like, as I'm about to propose to Dylan Dawes is calling me like, sub guy, Thanksgiving Turkey. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, like two kind of significant moments that you've kind of been, uh, you know, one, one, some some degree sort of connected to which which I won't forget. Yeah, no, and and I think it's um, you know, like I was saying before, probably not too eloquently, but you know, you, the fact that you transcend at such a young age or younger um, all of these relationships from your dad to me to people you just meet is is such an amazing you know, quality, it seems like you, you get it on a deeper level and now you're going to enter into a new phase of your life where you are going to get married. Um, you know, in, in talking to you, like that's, that's almost like a, a wake up call. Like, Oh my God, he's not even married, you know? Yeah. Well, no, I I appreciate you guys saying that. I think it's more just, you get around good people. You know, I remember when I first started working at Worldcast and I was sharing a a desk area with CG, you know, who was, I don't know, 40, I was in my twenties and like realizing that, you know, this guy, yeah, he's technically my boss and you're my boss, but you know, you're in a, you're in a tight fly shop together. You start realizing like, man, age, I don't care how old CG is. Like, I don't care how old Dawes is. I mean, there's some of that was just living out here. And when you share all these interests with people, I think it's just good people. You know, it's, it's, um, I've met some amazing, amazing people out here. And, uh, it's just easy when, when you, you know, you like some of the same stuff and, and you get, a, get along great with people I and mean, you guys are very, very special, which is why I'm pumped to one be on the show and just be like hanging out with you guys. But the fact that we have other trips together coming up, the fact that we have like, you know, I'm not working in fly fishing anymore. Neither are you, Brian, like Dawes, you're, you're probably starting another chapter and, and yeah. look what we're doing. You know, it's the same stuff. We're still planning the same you know, good people going on fun trips. Like what could be better? Yeah. Fucking so lucky to be able to do this kind of stuff with great people. Rob could walk through hell and only have like nice things to say. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. That's really what it is. Like the attitude's so good. He just sees what's in front of him and makes the best of it. Until rock bottom Rob comes out, then it's panic time. Then it's like, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. That's because we were, we were watching Vikings. Yeah. (laughs) Still don't understand how you guys didn't like that show. That's, um, yeah. And then, you know, on that note, right. You're getting hitched in, uh, in May. Yep. There's, uh, 
the cast of characters that are, that you've probably got to assemble. I mean, I don't even know your list has got to be, you know. I mean, everywhere you go, you probably uh, you probably have some <laughs> meet some new people and be like, man, maybe I should invite this guy. I mean, yeah, it's uh, the guys in the bowling league in, <laughs> in uh, Milton, Pennsylvania, probably aren't getting the call. Although, you know, love love for them to be there. Any M Streeters coming? Uh, unfortunately, no, no, no M Streeters. So I was, yeah, I was in a. I've cried in, in multiple bowling alleys. I've been in a lot of bowling <laughs> leagues in my life from college to now. And um, not, not any, any, any folks from, from the bowling leagues, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, it's, there's you know, a bunch of different stops. So I always have to catch myself when I start bitching about the guest list. And I'm like, this, is, this sucks. <laughs> you know, it sucks. Like, I can't, you know, I can't have all my friends at my, you know, wedding thing. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> let, let's just count our blessings here like i'm marrying a you know the love of my life we're having a fun party i'm gonna have a bunch of great people around there like it's just it's all perspective but yeah that's been hard yeah as far as uh you know because there's people you want there and there's and there's different chapters of of your life i mean think of for all you know Bowden, denver whatever you know whatever it is there's like people who are uh really really significant in those different chapters and then you turn the page and how do you but yeah if it was up to me we'd be having a serious blowout with a lot of people i'd be everyone had name tags on um but again just being around around good people and wanting them to be around uh you on a in an important day but it's very much dylan's day yeah too, you know i mean we, i was pushing for jackson pretty good lost that battle so uh we're getting married in florida so it's um lesson one yeah can't yep. just be the the uh you know the rob roster which i understand yeah, and um, it's going to be a uh, – I'm psyched because we're doing this, right? I mean, little holiday cheer, get the boys together oh, here. Oh, yeah, dude, this is great. This is amazing. Um, I don't know what we talked about. If people are listening, it's like, what are they fucking even talking about? So, but it's just been us getting together around the holidays. I'm just fired up to be here, back home, see you guys. And you guys are raising families here. Like This is a, this is a conversation that comes up more and more in my house because – we're in Boston. We have a great life. My parents are here, but we didn't. We weren't raised here. Yeah. So for you guys and Brian, I've asked you about this plenty. I mean, raising kids in in Teton County in a place that's changing rapidly, but is a extraordinarily special place, which we all know, which is why we we come here anyway. But you know, where, where do you end up? Do you end up coming back to a place like this? Do you want to raise your kids in a place like this? Like these are all these new huge transition questions like i thought it was hard to transition from baseball to fly fishing yeah. let alone like <laughs> fucking you know getting married and starting a family which um you know i can't wait to do but now you guys are here which makes it so much fun to be able to come home and spend the holidays with you know with you guys who are here maybe i'll be here in a few years we'll be we'll run it back yeah i mean i keep i, I keep uh that. i tell my kids you know they're i don't even know if they listen but i'm like you know i, I grew up in new jersey and it was a great place to grow up. You guys are growing up in the Tetons. There's two national parks within a short drive away. Um, you do all of these activities. And then, oh, yeah, you had to grow up the other part, you know, part of your life in the beginning. You were in Key West. And someday, I'm hopeful that you're going to appreciate the shit out of that. But right now, right, it doesn't mean anything to them, but. 
Someday it will. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I think there, there is a maturing of, um, you know, like I was talking about before, of, of I don't think I could have gotten into fly fishing as much until I was done playing sports. Mm-hmm. I think once you get older and different chapters are sort of closed for you, new ones open, then it's it's way easier to reflect on the, you know, like hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, how could you not Always. appreciate growing up in a place like this? If nothing else, for maybe Cook, you know, graduates high school and and gets in his car and drives to somewhere else like my dad did but you still appreciate where you're from i mean i i there the advantages of a place like this you know yeah kids can get in trouble anywhere like i'm not saying there's a there's one better place to to raise them than the other but i think about this place a lot yeah that next chapter it's really cool with um you know some of my friends in here that are older than me and had kids long before I did, um, to watch, you know, this kind of high school, college age kids that, you know, all they want to do is get out, right? Because it is small. They grew up here. They grew up here and they, they do get out, whether it be boarding school, college, work, what have you. But the overwhelmingly majority of them at some point are like, I just want to come back home. You know, and like I, I, I didn't have that, right? I, I just wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, there's something unique, and I think it probably goes to a small community, right? I mean, you know people, um, you're constantly active, which definitely is somewhat of a governor of like keeping you from from going down the road, probably that I went down. But it's pretty cool to watch, right? I mean, like I want to go home and see my parents. Yeah. No, um, and that's that's where I am. But I also feel like the sports were such a big part. And if I was raising a girl and she was playing JB girls volleyball and had to drive seven hours for a game out in you know Rocky Mountain West, maybe she wouldn't want to play volleyball. Like I do believe that there's crazy advantages to where we are now. Like you live in Boston, totally. you oh, live in a yeah, suburb of totally. Boston, you have these you know, all these different communities and schools, like that's kind of where I'm, this would be raising kids different, yeah, differently than how we grew up. You know, North Carolina, New Jersey, this is different. And yeah. so how do you, you know. But there's no, there's no wrong answer. Oh no, right? 100%. That's what you've always thing. talked about. There's just, it's, it's all about the relationship you have with your kids, no matter where you are. And yeah. one thing that's convenient out here is you do get to spend more time with your kids in a city which is really really valuable and you're not going anywhere oh who knows <laughs> can't say that yeah i mean things change right I mean, things change harder. yeah but i still can't believe i'm a fucking parent at times it's not worth stressing about though yeah look at us now yeah <laughs> things are going just fine let's not rock the boat um well let's let's get into a couple of thought topics one of them was uh I was going to get you into, uh, you know, the accents, but we kind of covered that unless you, you know, unless you have any newer, uh, you, you know, you wanted to cover. I think I, I, if, if I have anything else, I'll, I'll mix it in, but I think. Or you could answer these. Oh yeah, I could do that. Yeah, no, it's a fucking good question, Mike. I loved it. Maybe uh, that's why I work in private banking, you know, because I got tired of fucking fly fishing uh, working for you. <laughs> 
If you had to compare yourself to someone, who would it be? Oh. Kenny. Kenny Powers. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was Kenny Powers. KP. Oh, man. Um, great question. Um, it's a hard question. It's a hard question. I'm trying to go in a few different different areas. I mean, if I could compare myself to to anybody, it would. It, they've had to be. I mean, I, I've had such a fortunate life. I mean, to be able to even talk about going on these trips and getting to play baseball and. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't have a good answer for that one. I would just say it would be, it would be somebody that's that's had a, a you know, a, a great a great family and is appreciates being outside and appreciates being on teams and um fuck i wish i had a better answer for that that's all right you know so yeah but i don't you know it's like yeah i probably probably brett Favre or tom brady because like you know i'm really good at uh you know I was, a, I was a quarterback in high school so i um yeah no i don't i don't have a good one for that I, I'm I'm afraid to say anything because I want to I don't want to look back at this and be like I can't believe you said fucking Tom Brady like how are you like Tom Brady? Yeah. <laughs> uh, not that I would say that, but yeah, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. If I have another one, I'll uh, I'll come back to that. That one might need to be edited. It's like that was such a shitty answer. No, that was great. Um, and then who is the most interesting person? I'm asking everyone this because I find it fascinating. Kurt Hamby's response was was special the other day. Um, who's the most interesting person you've ever met and, and why? And that's a tough one. Could be, uh, you know, could be a couple of different people, but yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it, it's funny cause now you start thinking about these fishing trips, you meet a bunch of interesting people. My line of work now where you're, yeah. you're, you're meeting a lot of, uh, you know, creators for maybe a lack of a better word. I mean, people who have really built their careers and companies and, just where you, you can tell their brains are, are wired just differently. You know, yeah. that, that true entrepreneurial type. I've met some really, really interesting people uh, um, in sort of in, in bank, private banking. Um, but I, I'd say my grandfather is up there who nice. passed away when I was, um, oh man, maybe 14 or so, early, you know, 2003 or four. And a guy that... Um, I learned a lot more about after he passed away. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 it's probably him, and I'll, and I'm happy to talk more about him. He's an amazing guy. Yeah, no, I would. The, I, I'm, I'm curious. The other guy that I'm thinking that comes to mind is your boy Neil Fox. Yeah, just just talked to him on the phone. So uh, a couple of days ago, as as appropriate. I mean you. Like I don't know what we can and can't talk about. I mean, I know there's some. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get him on here. But... So that guy. So yeah, his, if, his, if you're like, gonna get him on, I, then I I won't talk about yeah. him because one, I don't know him that well. I met him one time through you and, and on a fishing trip in uh, when we were in Puna Allen. But that guy, it was I'll never forget. We're we're standing there having a drink, sort of you know after the fishing day he had come to grand slam yeah to try to catch a permit because you told him that you know permit fishing was was sweet so he was well like, oh, it was on his there. list like he wanted to knock off the atlantic permit on his so list. he comes over and we had talked about this guy 
And I basically brought him whatever he was drinking. I forget what he was drinking. Gave it to him. And I was like, I, I really don't want to be an asshole, but can I drill you with like 25 questions yeah. about what you do and who you are? Because yeah. Dawes has told me a little bit about... I mean, so I, that guy has stories I, I bet could be you know, a series of novels and books and, oh, and absolutely. world traveled and how creative the creative, the creative part to, is to do what he does. Um, he was just telling me about some honeymoon that he's creating. Um, and essentially, so for, for anybody listening, I mean, it's a, it's a, he basically runs a, um, yeah, it's called based on a true story and it's, um, the most creative, right. Um, the most creative, planning, creative, high-end adventure event planning travel there is, and the and the the effort and the curiosity that goes into planning these trips um, is mind-boggling. But but yeah, we we are gonna get him get him on here once once he can uh, get over this way. And um, he would never ever remember who I am. He'd be like, yeah, it's about, Rob Scott was on here. He, he said you were the most. Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> He Wait, might, some, he, he might kid, though. I, I, you know, I you, you you never know. That I, that's somebody who is uh is is very much deserving to be on on this because that guy could talk. I'm talking about baseball and blowing permit shots. That guy's gonna blow people out of the water. Um, yeah, his his story. Um, it's got to be a book, a movie. I, I I don't know. Or you know, if if we do sit down get the chance to get him on here because I'm doing all of these in person. So obviously yeah, the, so tra the yeah. travel stuff right now is a little bit. Well, that'll sideways. be great. Um, um, he, he, I asked the part of the reason he, he was texting me and I was like, um, and then he's like, you got a moment? And I was like, yeah. He's like, let's chat. And then I, at the end I said, you know, I'm supposed to go to Cameroon in a couple of weeks. <laughs> like, sure. How, how does that, uh, you want to meet me there? Yeah. How does that, uh, that's what he, that's what he said. He's like, God, I wish I was going with you. And I'm like, so you're not, you're not worried about traveling in this <laughs> environment, and he's like, "No, mate, I, I, I'm in, I'm in the UK." I'm like, "You are? <laughs> How did you get out of New Zealand?" And he was like, "Oh, I, I won the lottery with a, you know, New Zealand sponsored hotel to quarantine on the way back, but I just realized I don't want to do that, and so we're just going to go to the Maldives for a bit." Sure. So, yeah. But well, tell I'm, me, tell me a little bit about your grandfather. Yeah, I will, and and. This is again. You guys have said a lot of nice things about me, and all I've done here is sit and talk about myself. Which I'm just—that's well, what, what this is about. Well, I'm honored to be a part of it, and if that guy's going to be on here, and he was my potentially my answer, the most interesting—you know—I'm honored to be uh, a part of the, you know, the group here. But yeah, my grandfather. This guy was the the ultimate badass. I mean, the guy was. So I knew him as this sort of hardened tough western north carolina successful guy mm -hmm. redneck thick thick southern accent his whole closet was basically a, a jean shirt jeans and these you know like brown shoes i mean the guy if you met him on the street and you heard him talk you'd be like this guy's a dumbass and you saw him you know dread you'd be like this guy has no money and uh he is a always had bird dogs Great bird hunter, amazing angler. So his, my mom is a, is a great angler because of him. My mom's older brother 
amazing angler raised kids amazing it they live in alaska and argentina and they just Mm. you know so he you know very um raised some some very interesting amazing kids who you know love the outdoors love fishing etc but he you know i started learning more and more about him after he passed away he was very engaged with my playing baseball he played baseball and football at davidson college so his name's henry wilson the baseball field at davidson is actually named after him. Oh, wow. So when I was a kid, I threw out the first pitch at, at the stadium. My sister and I did, you know, when they named when it they, after yeah, cool. my grandfather. But he, um, so I knew him as this, you know, fly fisherman, tough, you know, southern redneck who would come, you know, he'd, he'd watch my games, you know, shirtless in the stands, you know, come to my Little League <laughs> games and stuff. Yeah, I mean, this... Then when we made it to Little League World Series, he was on a fishing trip with my uncle in Alaska, and they would go to like a bar to watch the you know ESPN, and, be, and he'd be in some random bar in some town. In yeah, Alaska because fishing. I mean the Little League World Series has been on ESPN forever, yeah. right? So yeah. and then he's like, you know, that's my, you know, that's my grandson, you know, like that's he awesome. he's yeah. So, but I didn't know that much about his you know life before I was around. So he, at Davidson, he played in this hillbilly string band. So mm-hmm. he was this musician, which I didn't know about. He was a poet. Wow. He's an amazing writer. So he wrote this poem that's framed in my house and at Davidson College. It's a, the, the, the ode to the class of 1951. And it's this gigantic poem, beautifully, beautifully written. So I'm like, man, this guy, I thought he was just this, this tough you know, you know, outdoorsman. I didn't know he was a poet. I didn't know he's Yeah. So then he's playing baseball at Davidson. He's a catcher. And then he's playing middle linebacker and center Davidson football. And then to be in shape in the summers, he'd go back to Western North Carolina and he would physically, literally, I'm not making this up, link up to the local chain gang from the prison in like Lenore, North Carolina and bust rocks with these guys to stay in shape. That wow. was his like weightlifting was to go <laughs> link up with the prisoners and fucking bust rocks. That's And amazing. then come back to, you know, Davidson football, snap the ball, bust some heads, break his nose. Yeah. I mean, this guy just hard, hard nose yeah. athlete. Completely you know, different outlook after, after getting off the chain. Yeah. Exactly. That is so he amazing. ended up having um, a great athletic career at Davidson, but was also an amazing scholar. Ended up going to Harvard Business School. Um, really, really smart, successful guy. Met my grandmother, who was at Wellesley College at the time, outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. So this guy, you know, he had some money. Um, he ended up getting into the furniture business, running his own furniture business. Like, he, you know, guy had some money. But he was so cheap when he would go see my grandmother. He made, uh, <laughs> he made friends with the local greenskeeper at like the golf course by Wellesley College, and he used to sleep on the ninth green. Oh wow! When he'd go visit my grandmother in college, <laughs> so all of a sudden, like, I'm getting older and I'm doing these trips. You know, I'm doing other things. I'm in school. I'm I'm fishing. I'm hunting. I'm playing something. Like now, this guy who passed away when I was younger has just keep continued to come into my life where I'm, I'm putting a drift boat in somewhere. And I'm like, man, like my grandfather would have loved to, yeah. you know, be here. Or we go on one of these trips with my dad and you, and it's like, man, this guy 
would have loved this. So yeah. in, in a way, he's become this, you know, important influence on on later parts of my life when he I didn't actually get to share these experiences with him. But a guy that I'm like, you know, what would this guy yeah. fucking do? You know, linking up with the chain game, busting rocks, like um, really, really, really fascinating guy. Because on the surface, you would never know, yeah. you know how tough he was or how smart he was or how much money he made or... You know, anything like that. Just a guy that didn't care about his, how he was perceived really or, or looked. Um, you know, raised a, an amazing family and, and uh, very, very proud to be his grandson. But a really, really interesting guy. I mean, we could talk about him for, and I this, could talk about him for forever. This was, um, which side of the family? This is my mom's dad. Mom's dad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. North Carolina. Big, thick North Carolina roots. And when, I mean, when you and I were talking about you know, just getting together, and we lost B Map. By the way, he he had to get out of here. Which, yeah, uh, too many beers. Yeah, I mean, maybe a. I don't know how we how we rate the the first co-host. Uh, <laughs> well, dude, it's because I wouldn't shut up. I, it yeah. should have been. I should have been asking more questions instead of just. No, no, no. This is this nonsense. is us asking. I'm I'm just joking, and then he'll be back. But, um, uh, you know, when you when you asked me, you know. W- Give me some more because I don't even I don't have my shit together. You know, there's there's plenty of documents that I'm supposed to get out, but to people before they come on. But at least you and I spoke about it, and um, but that exact sentiment that what you're talking about is a big reason why I'm doing the show. I mean, obviously you, you get to sit down with someone and catch up, and right, we just got to. I just learned more about you in the past couple hours than. I will if I the next three times I see you because there's always something going on. Yeah. But um, if your grandfather had used a platform like this and had media that lived in perpetuity that you and your kids could go back to and be like, who are the people that influenced my grandfather? Yeah, so so interesting. So that's that's like a big driving force for me in doing the show is like. You know, my kids are young enough that they're not going to get it. But, you know, maybe when they're 30, 40, whenever, they're going to be able to go back to this media source and be like, who are all those guys that my dad... That's that's such an interesting thought and concept. No, I I, and I commend you for thinking... I mean, I think the coolest part about... Oh, my grandfather also would have cussed you out probably if he had seen you (laughs) because he hated... Fish, he's one of those guys that would go to Montana, drag my mom out there and, and go do it himself. Yeah. And when my mom brought my dad home and he was a fishing guide, he was like, you're ruining Montana. Yeah. Like, you're ruining the wet. Fishing guides are ruining the, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, there's drift boats everywhere. You, you know, so he, he had a funny take on sort of like, he was one of those guys that wanted, you know, to do it himself. But I think what's, what the coolest thing about this show is this isn't like the, like the Michael Jordan, the last dance. Like that's, it's a puff piece for Michael Jordan. Like yeah. he, you know, he does it. It's all about him. And, and then, the, you know, there's, there's a lot cool of cool stories. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. the documentary or whatever you want to call it was amazing. Yeah. But you know, Michael Jordan was the center of it. You're bringing people on here and making them be the center of it for the episode. It's not about you. No, like, uh, I yeah. thought we were going to be coming on here and it was just going to be like, how I know you and our relationship with you. And this was like sort of your fishing podcast. And instead what you've done, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to be, but, but my understanding of it is I'm bringing 
people here. So I one get to know them better Yeah, that I've shared these cool experiences with. And then in a sense, sort of bring everybody together around you. Yeah. We're all friends with you. It's why we're on the show, but it's really about those people and telling their stories. Absolutely. And it's, you know, you don't, it, the way that we're living right now in how fast paced it is. And a lot of the times you do get together, right? There's, let's say we're on a trip, right? You got to get up early. You might have a little bit of time at breakfast and then, you know, you, I mean, how many times do you think to yourself, like, I should ask him about this. And yeah. then, and then you don't think about it until you don't see them anymore. And then you get back and yeah, you're thinking about fucking permit. Yeah. So you're in a, you're already in a weird head. Or you're already back at work or you're doing something. And so, totally. yeah, I mean, it's, um, it, it's amazing, and I, I can't thank you enough for uh, for stopping by, man. Oh, man. It's been this a, is, it's been I a can't pleasure. thank you enough for having me. I hope that other people who come on here do do you know better than me. But I think it's it's. Uh, <laughs> oh, you did great. But you're, you know, the, this group sort of that you're bringing in to do these with. It's it's one a really really interesting community who I can't wait to listen to their stories, and a huge privilege to be a part of that. Um, so thank you. And, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope it was, uh, did a lot of rambling, but no, it was great. great. And, and, and yeah, I mean, and everyone's telling me, you know, I, I'm, I often do things opposite of what I'm told, but everyone's telling me you can't, you can't just do it in person. It's not going to work. But for me, there's so much to that, that I'm, I'm not going to stray from it. Right. Like people will start traveling again. People, people will start, you know, um, and like you said, I mean, there's so many people that I've interacted with, even if it was briefly that I left thinking like, wow, I have about a hundred questions to ask that person. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see where it goes, but I, I can't thank you enough. And, um, where, uh, where can people connect with you at? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Instagram. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm not a huge Instagrammer, but yeah, my Instagram is Scott. And then the number nine. Was that um, was that the baseball number? Number nine. Yeah, it's a yeah. baseball number on there. Yeah, it's mostly fish pictures, not a lot of baseball pictures on there. I should get some softball pics on there. Um, <laughs> M, yeah. M League? M League? Yeah, the, the M Street League, baby. M, M Street. Sorry. Yeah. When you when you say big leagues, did you mean Major League Baseball or M Street Softball? It's <laughs> happy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, my, my email is rwscott9, same thing, at Gmail. Um, not that I don't, I don't think anybody would, would want to reach out, but... Um, uh, you never know, man. I mean, well, it, I'd, be, I'd, be, uh, I'd be honored if anyone did, but this is, um, this is great, and this is a cool platform here, and this is, uh, this is awesome that you're bringing folks like this together. Yeah, so feel free to anybody reach out. I'm, I'm, I'm around. Awesome. Well, thanks again, man. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of Permit to Think. My hope is this podcast offers meaningful conversations and stories from the fringe of societal norms. We'll see where it goes. Be sure to subscribe and support the podcast by giving us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. Also, forward this show to anyone in your network who you feel identifies with where this ship might be sailing. I'm out.